laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Murs and David Horning on this week's episode. Pedophilia is not funny. Rape's not funny. Race isn't funny. It's like, yeah, none of those things are funny. No one said they were either. That's why, yeah, you make the fucking joke and the joke is funny. We are here today. This is You Can't Laugh at That. The podcast that takes topics that you can't laugh at and finds ways to laugh at them. Today we have our lovely co-host here, this the one and only Steve Merce. I'm Steve. That's Steve. And uh, today we have a special guest. He is the man who has an abundance of animal facts, Riley Nesbaugh. And if you think I'm yeah, I'm not going to derail this entire thing by talking about coronavirus, you got another thing coming. <laughs> we could talk about uh, uh, pedophilia for a little bit, but coronavirus. The, the, world, is, the world is burning can, right now. <laughs> can we, if we can find ways to tie them together, that would be fantastic. Too. Okay. Like, why isn't the Catholic Church doing more to uh-huh. quarantine these priests? Like there, we've from got Italy under quarantine from the kids from the, yeah, right. <laughs> Stay mm. far away from a school. I remember when I was a kid at a Catholic school, I went to a Catholic school the priest would come over and all the kids would be like, yeah, he's here. Cause he was like wacky and fun. And he would like uh-huh. go on the playground and play with the kids. Pull my finger. Dude. So many weirdo. red flags. <laughs> I mean, he, I'm sure he's a good guy, but yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> how could get to be? He's a priest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I even felt weird picking this topic. Cause it's like, who's like don't hey don't make fun of the priests raping kids like that it's not even like a you can't talk about that i only have once have ever had someone that like really was like you know shrinking that i saw you know while i was telling uh any kind of like catholic priest jokes it was in naples florida yeah and it was like an old person it sounds like all all <laughs> sam morell does a bit about how he like hates going to naples like yeah that well reason. that club down there is notoriously bad yeah uh the off the hook comedy is club. that what it's called yeah they sell their their own vodka they have bottle service it's like it's like a shitty restaurant club okay. i don't know how else to describe it Ooh, that sounds like they fun sell their own vodka for like 250 dollars a bottle all right so, and even less funny stop yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get pete to start selling his own vodka um, Did anyone uh, see Pete's tweet the other day? Which one? It just, it was just like, it was like he started a tweet. It just said it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> dude, I want to <laughs> <again. laughs> hear the rest of that thought. I know. Yeah. Wait, it just said it? It yeah. just said it? <laughs> Maybe he's recommending a movie. I don't know. That's Pete's uh, Kofifi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it really is. It is. <laughs> is it still up there or do they delete it? I, I, last I saw it had like Mike Polk Jr. and Bill Squire were the only people who liked it. <laughs> I, don't know, that was, yeah, I don't know if it's <laughs> I don't know if it was from Pete. It was from like Funny Stop. I don't know if Instagram or Twitter, but it was one of them. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Oh man. Do you ever go flip through an old notebook and you just see something like a thought that you started but you never finished it? And it's like, what was I thinking that day? No, I don't uh, I don't ever write anything down. Uh, so Well that would that would hinder that. No, I've gone through an old notebook and just flip through and then seen a page that just starts with what if mm-hmm. and that's it where was my head going that i got so distracted 
that I couldn't finish the thought. Um, and the thought that we are going to potentially finish and bring to completion today is um, the Catholic priest's scandal, yeah. essentially. And uh, like ongoing. Saying, yeah, it's and that's that's a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. There was another one like a few weeks ago in like Cleveland. And it's <laughs> like they, they can't like they just can't stop like fucking kids. They really can't. Well, do you remember the Louis C.K. sketch where he uh, he sets it up like he's actually doing like learning about the Catholic Church and he goes into the church and he asks the sits down with the uh, a priest and, you know, he's like, how uh, how would you describe the Catholic Church? Like, What are you about, I guess? And uh, the priest is like, yeah, you know, for uh, for centuries, you know, the Catholic Church has been an ancient inst- institution that is centered around fucking kids. <laughs> I still think Louis <laughs> worse. Uh, what he did was worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's uh, a demon from hell for what he did. I sense I sense the sarcasm dripping from your book. Not at all. Really? No. I think uh, what Louis did was uh, far and away worse than what the Catholic Church has done for centuries. What about, I mean, at least they weren't kids. Uh, Yeah, but they were um, women, which is uh, worse. Women are worse than kids. You hear it here first. (laughs) Steve's got a look on his face. You know, you know, the uh, the Catholic priests, what's worse, uh, jerking off or fucking kids? Hmm. I'd say I'd say jerk off. That way you're not like sitting there like completely pent up. With sexual frustration uh-huh. to the point where you got to fuck kids. It puts hair on your palms, though. And people it's might say, why don't they just not fuck kid. kids? Well, it's rampant. So clearly it's not just like someone's. This is about sexual repression as much as it is anything else or, suppre- or whatever the word is. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. And uh, not that they not that they morally should be fucking kids just because they're super fucking horny all the time. Mm-hmm. Got a bunch of horny priests. That's I don't think we need issue. to have a deep philosophical discussion about no, like, this, the morality of fucking I, kids. Let's just right. say it's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, what is your stance on kid fucking? <laughs> like, hey, let's get into the psychology of like, like you know, like Minority Report. Like, 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 are they bound to fuck kids, or should uh-huh. they just not fuck kids, or how does this work? But no, it's mm-hmm. yeah. You go. We can all use our common sense. Yeah, laugh at that. This is a perfect segue into a clip that I watched last night. It's Christopher Titus. And he does a bit. Um, huge, where, huge teeth, that guy. Yeah. Who now? Christopher Titus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to get him and Bill Burr mixed up. I feel bad for these priests. You know what I wish they had? I wish they had, oh, <laughs> I wish they had like, like a god to pray to for guidance. <laughs> or maybe like a book with some rules in it they could read. See that look he gave? He's like, give me an applause break, you idiots. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and don't misunderstand me. I believe in God. I look at my two right, kids and I know there's something. His two kids are his two front 15. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Titus Rose. He can't even be here to defend well, himself. Is this on Comedy Central? Yeah. No. So, uh, That's so why what, he wasn't cursing. Yeah. So what he does in that bit, um, he says, you know, I feel bad for the priests. Maybe they should have a god they could pray to. So he like sets it up where he's gonna like take their side, but at the same point, like they have these strict rules. Why isn't this a rule in the Bible? Like, is there a page where it's like, hey, probably don't fuck kids? Is there is that in Leviticus anywhere? It's not one of the commandments. Like, what? I'm pretty sure it says uh, if it doesn't have a beard, you can fuck it. Um, 
That's a good point. That's kind of like the it's like universally that's been like the rule. All of, from ancient Greece all the way to modern day Afghanistan. If it doesn't have a beard, you can fuck it. Yeah. Uh, there's grass on the field. That old adage. Romans yeah. shaved though, so that kind of yeah. So everybody was everybody was fuckable. That's true. That is true. But yeah, all those Roman soldiers had little boy toys all the time. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. That's fucking weird. Um, kind of goes back to Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. And <laughs> Aggressive like, cuddling. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of that going on. Laughing. Well, the reason we brought Riley in for this episode of the podcast is uh, because he has a great bit on. Well, let's uh, let's let it speak for itself. Well, I do want to preface this by saying yeah, this is not the best version of this bit because the one I do names a very like, a specific priest at the parish that I went to when I was a kid who was named in that indictment the the three hundred or so priests in Pennsylvania, um, but he settled out of court. So I didn't want to give you a clip that named him um, specifically because I don't know how litigious the uh, Diocese of Erie is. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. Poor. I'm also gay. That's fun. That's an annoying thing about me. I'm one of the gays. It's just a fact about me. That's also most people's opinion of me once they've known me long enough. It was uh, was weird growing up as a gay kid. I grew up in a real Catholic household. Any Catholics in the house? Yeah? All right. The manager. He's, he's lying. Well, all right. Like, you know, it, suffice it to say, the Catholic Church is, like, super adamant. They don't want you doing any gay shit. And 16-year-old me was pretty adamant. Like, no, I'm going to do gay shit. So we had a problem here. Actually, true story. The first person I ever came out to was during confession. It was a Catholic priest. And uh, hindsight is 2020. Uh, all right. We read the news. Okay. Yeah, a sinewy 13-year-old white boy telling a Catholic priest that isn't a dude's is not the best idea in the world. But uh, it worked out. We still text, you know? We're cool. <laughs> All's well that ends well. So they say. That was, uh, ta-da! <laughs> uh. <laughs> such a bad recording. Well, the the level on the audience, like you don't hear the audience, like they're laughing, but it was pulled directly from the mic yeah. at a uh, major comedy club. Yes. Well, Thank I mean, you. yeah, it's it's such a great like it's you do that towards the front of your set. You used to open with it, right? I mean, that used to be your opener, like maybe. Yeah, I don't. Know. You've been doing the posture bit, yeah, from the jump for a while now. Skinny though. fat, yeah. But um, so that bit. I mean, it's great. It like kind of introduces people to you. You know, I'm gay. I'm, mm-hmm. That's Try, a fact. It, trying to find a way not to do in shorter sets because I just don't like bringing it up. I don't yeah. want to be the gay comic. Yeah. But I mean, you're you're straight passing. That's yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that, and that's the next part of the bit. You're just a put together straight guy, <laughs> like appearance. Yeah, I'm like yeah. <laughs> well, I'm dressed like this right now because I got to go to work immediately right. after this. Right. Right. What time do you have to go in? Uh, like three, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> this does not matter right, right now. Right. Thirty people okay. are going to show up today. Yeah. I'm doing the murder mystery dinner theater tonight, um, which we actually still have like sixty people coming to, which is. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Man, hopefully it ends in a real death. Don't want to miss out on that chicken piccata. Yeah, I know, right? Um, um, okay, so the, so your bit, so the way it works, I mean, you 
incriminate a priest eventually yeah. um, in that in that set that we're not going to include in this podcast today. Uh, but the way you do it is first and foremost, like you uh, you disarm the audience by kind of poking fun at yourself. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Like a thirteen year old sinewy boy coming out to a priest. Yeah, like that's irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> Sinewy. That's such a good word to use uh-huh. too. When I was in boot camp, I um, this was like when "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" was still a thing. Uh, one of the um, one of the drill instructors like said that I, I remember he's like trying to get. He was just like we were all standing there at attention, and he's like screaming in one guy's face, like trying to get him to admit that he was gay, uh, but just fucking with it because he wasn't. Like yeah. the guy wasn't gay. <laughs> He was like, uh, you like him? You like that sinewy body boy? <laughs> um, so sinewy always stuck with me because I was like, please don't say that to me. Yeah. But sinewy is like, yeah, it's a sinewy. It's, it's, and it also follows up your, your bit on being skinny fat too. So yeah. that, you know, uh-huh. kind of Good calls back days. to that without actually like calling back to that. Um, and then, you know, we still text, you know, like that, that's uh-huh. the punchline that like, I feel like it, that bit builds up to that punchline mm-hmm. and it's a great punchline. Um, yeah. People, people like it. Yeah. It kind of throws people off cause you're talking about the past and then you bring it into the, pre- into the present mm-hmm. and they're not expecting that. They, I feel like they expect you to go further into like coming out to a priest essentially, mm-hmm. which is silly and yeah. In hindsight. Now, did you really like, no, no, yeah. I did not. That is not a true story. As I, uh, as I explain, and uh, other versions of that bit. Uh, the guy at my church was fucking little girls. Mm. Uh, yeah. Which is true. I'm he made you tuck it under. You. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. The old tuck and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, horses. Uh, <laughs> the old tuck and fuck. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grandma. Snooping, I see. Proud of you. <laughs> I just did a Google search on my comedy career. Yeah. Again, like, no one actually gets mad when you talk about, like, priests fucking kids. Like, they don't, unless you're, like, for it. But, I mean, no one, it's not, like, a taboo thing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, they do that. That's okay. You know? Yeah. It, it's a, it's also a topic that you almost expect to hear at a comedy get, show at this the, point. Biggest laughs, because sometimes they'll say, like, any Catholics, and, you know, there'll be, like, people... The biggest laughs I get are from, like, Catholics in the crowd. Yeah. It's like, we know. We're, we're self-aware. Yeah. Well, it's because Catholics are fun. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Mo- most of... Most Catholics don't take themselves too seriously. Like, yeah. I read an article today that was just ripping on comics who who uh, bash the, the, the Catholic priest scandal. Mm-hmm. Why did why don't these comics get canceled? Like why doesn't Ellen get canceled? Like why yeah. doesn't Kathy Griffin get canceled? Even though she's like so mad about Kevin Hart's anti-gay jokes, mm-hmm. and it's like, come on, you don't see a problem here. You don't see like yeah. a yeah, um, yeah. Most Catholics are cool about it. This is something that we have to like call out and address because we're changing the world as comedians, guys. Don't you know that? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of like you know flippant to say it like that but like did you we have the one i see the one barry crimmins yeah. the uh um what's that what is that uh mr crimmins goes to washington well that one are you gonna play that one uh i wasn't going to but i think i'm going to the crux the crux of that whole thing we'll get to it but like the crux of that whole thing is like it was a joke 
you know, when he went and testified, it was a joke that actually like turned the tide in his favor and made people go like, oh shit. Yeah. This is like fucked up. Cause like Barry Crimmins for people who don't know who Barry Crimmins is, he's a comedian and Bobcat Goldthwait made a documentary about him. There's a bunch of documentaries about him. He's like a legend. Um, but he was molested by a priest when he was a kid and in like the infancy of AOL, um, when it was like just a cesspool of like child pornography, uh, and you know, predators like, you know, picking up kids on the internet, they basically had like a three strike policy for, uh, child pornography. And if you're going to play it, I won't do the joke, but baseball, but with kids that are naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I mean, he's like be- before, you know, he like testified for like an hour before Congress, you know, the guy was like, uh, well, you know, we have a strict three strike policy. He's like, look, I like baseball as much as the next guy, but this is a one strike thing. And I mean, I, I really think it was like, yeah. that was, that was a joke that, I mean, that just demonstrates like the power of rhetoric, which is kind of what we do. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, like it does what you say can have a big impact on the world. Right. That, yeah. That's the thing with using humor. If you can tell a joke or make something funny but make a point with it. It's more poignant than if, if I were to just like throw facts at you. Yeah. When I look at child porn, I just bunt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that sounds like a, that sounds like a Brett Thomas. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> was it, or who, who tells that joke? Brett does the, does he, I, is it a bunt? don't steal base. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. That's like such an easy, cause when yeah. you're like three strikes, Oh, I'm just going to oh, mash up. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm just sick of formulas. I I do it myself and I get annoyed at myself when I do it. Of course. We all do. I mean, just be self-aware. That's what's important about comedy. Mhm. Yeah, cuz if you if you don't if you take yourself too seriously, like people will not take you seriously as a comic. Right. You yeah. can't. Um so this is uh let's just dive into Barry Crimmins. Uh, this is the setting <sighs> Let's do Mr. Crimmins goes to Washington. Just All right. First. It's not, there's not a lot of this isn't it's not a lot of jokes in this particular track, but it's good. He makes a good point. Yeah, he, absolutely. And I got to be a hero because I talked. I said what happened to me, and then I said what happened to a bunch of kids when I was on AOL in the '90s, and I caught them profiteering on child pornography trading. And then I ended up being doing this Mr. Smith goes to Washington thing, where I actually testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about these shitheads who ignored my complaints to them for a year going like, they're, they're openly trading, ch- and it's, it's that child pornography. By the way, it's not kiddie porn. That sounds like, you know, something could, kiddie sounds fun or something. It's, ch- it's graphic evidence of, the, of, of heinous abuse done to children. And it's nothing to snicker about. It's nothing to joke about. But we did that in 95, and I was nuts enough to not give. I was like, you know, remember the Simpsons where Marge Simpson wanted to take Itchy and Scratchy off the air and they didn't take her seriously? That was me with AOL, you know? And AOL just thought they were going to hammer me. They sent out this lawyer to test me. The guy who looks me over, his shoes are worth more than my education. And he looks me over and he's going like, this guy, what is he, a nightclub comic? And I go, yeah, I've had a few exchanges, you know? <laughs> we'll see how this works out for you, asshole. And, an hour later, he's just got this faraway stare in his eyes. And he says, oh, I want to stop you right there. So we have a strict three strikes in your own policy concerning child pornography. At which point I said, nobody loves baseball more than me. But that's a one-strike offense in any decent league in the world. 
and he was done, and AOL was embarrassed, and they had to change stuff. And now I meet kids who are on AOL at that point. They see the movie, and they go, that was going on. And I was a kid, and I didn't know what to do with it, because I wanted to be able to continue to hang around on AOL, but there were all these creeps there, and then they went away one day. Thank you very much. And I never expected that to happen, but I was one lone nut, and I spoke up. But the important thing was some people Listen to me. That's what we got to do with vets. That's what we got to do with everybody. Because you can be heroic by having the courage and the kindness to listen to people. It's like George Carlin. Yeah. A lot of clapping, not oh. a lot of laughing. Yeah. But I like this guy a well, lot. Well, that, that, I do too. That, yeah. uh, that track was just, he was, that was like him telling the story of telling a joke. The rest of the, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah. he's legitimately, I saw him at Hilarities like a week after the election. Okay. Um, in 2016. And he's like a very angry guy. Yeah. And he fucking just like, like no one I've ever seen just demolished a heckler for like 30 minutes straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a he's a power. Well, was a powerhouse. He died. Yeah, uh, yeah that's too bad. I would love to to hear his takes now. He seemed like a really now. good guy. Just listening to him, like I have a lot of respect for that guy. At least well, based on what I heard, so. yeah, he was like a legit, like you know, he wasn't a political hack. Like he'd been, you know, a legit activist, like and a you real a real liberal and like yeah. a real progressive. Yeah, you can hear it. I can. You know, it's substance. Like he actually got out and did something. Right. Yeah. Rather than. And and he said at the end. Many issues. Yeah. And and at the end he said, you know, sometimes you just need to sit back and listen. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. Yeah. So many people are so adamant about getting their opinion across and their point across. Like I'm doing right now that, you know, we don't. Mm-hmm. Sit back and I don't know how much weight this carries with people, but to like just drive home the point that like Barry Crimmins was like a legend. Louie opened for him on that album, which came out in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was the last track on the album. So, yeah. I mean, just the, the tour de force of jokes mm-hmm. throughout the whole album, wrapping it up neatly with a, with a bow yeah. like that. Um, and we'll, we'll just stick with him right now. Um, this is a track called setting the record straight off of his album. Whatever threatens you definitely give it a listen. Uh, but Here's this track, and it's short and to the point. A couple years ago, I'm watching TV, I'm watching Oprah, and she's got 200 male survivors of childhood sexual abuse in the audience. And it was like, it sort of didn't matter what, she was just so happy that she set a record. It was like... And she didn't. You know, she's going like, never have there been so many male survivors of sexual abuse. Clearly, Oprah's never seen a Notre Dame home game. That's so Oprah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That's so Oprah. I mean, yeah. she does that all the time. She's, she gets that, like, serious mm-hmm. Oprah mode. Never have there been more childhood survivors of sexual abuse. And we got yeah. one for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, that's such a funny bit. And then uh, it's the setup itself is like a joke. Like, uh-huh. I mean, the setup has punchline in it, like has punchlines in it. Just um, Yeah. I don't even think the main point of that joke was like the, the punchline, which was like, you ever been to a Notre Dame? Like, I think the main point was like, yeah, look at fucking Oprah. Like, trotting out all these like you know child abused kids like 
to put them on national television. Look, look how good I am. Yeah. Because I, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's now close. you're making it about yourself, Oprah. Uh-huh. Cool. You got them together. Now what? Are you going to march on the Vatican with them? Like, what, uh-huh. what, are, you, what are we doing? You're not doing uh-huh. shit. Yeah. That Notre Dame reference is great, too. I've been to a couple of games there, and it's a very Catholic experience. It's <laughs> Notre Dame. Rudy. Yeah, you're right. Notre Dame. Rudy. <laughs> Sorry. Rudy's a dick in real life. Is he? Yeah. Sean Astin? Yeah. Not Sean that? Astin. That's or the actor, yeah. What's that? Oh, wait, what? Rudy. Like the, the actual person that it's based off of. Oh, gotcha. I thought you meant the actor. Okay. He, he gotcha. had like one play in college football, and now he's like going mm-hmm. on being a motivational speaker. And like motivational just, speakers are the worst. Like, they're fucking they're fucking guy. God gets everything. Guy. Yeah, fucking right? guy. I can play football for Notre Dame. I'll tackle somebody. I don't care. Uh, that would not end well for me. Um but no, I mean that's a that, that's such a, a good example of a strong setup. Like uh-huh. I mean, it doesn't like you were saying, Steve, um the 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 formulaic jokes, like you can break that formula. If you can add a punch in the setup. Make it yours. Yeah. Just don't don't be too uh, pieces. Don't make a Franken joke out of a bunch of already covered things. Yeah, you know, it's like an amalgamation of shit I've heard before. As long as there's something new that really makes it w- unique, then that's okay. I think that's the permissible exception. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah. And his, I mean, it. He rips on Oprah without like ripping on Oprah. I mean, that's the power of that joke. The word economy in that, that is a 42-second bit, and he gets an applause break on it. Like, mm-hmm. Just because it makes it makes a point without, like, shoving it in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's a great setup, you know? I feel like there's a lot. I'm so hungover. There's a lot of dead air. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're, that's fine. They're no, this be. is fine. Yeah. We're doing good. Okay. This is pretty standard. Good. Yeah. Another thing is, <laughs> I <killed laughs> it yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, to sit on that dead air for a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not air if it's not being broadcast live, but you know, you can just edit those out. Right, that <laughs> is true. So speaking of like like controversy um, with this topic, Pete Davidson on Weekend Update just, I thought it was a great joke, but he got a lot of pushback from people. Uh, even the audience that was there, but he wins them back. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I know this one. Pete Davidson? Yeah, have we heard of him? He does jokes sometimes. You know, heroin eyes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heard. So, uh, have you guys seen the R. Kelly documentary? Uh, yeah, Pete, I did. Okay, now, before I continue, like, this guy is a monster, and uh, he should go to jail forever. But if you support the Catholic Church... Isn't that like the same thing as being an R. Kelly fan? (laughs) I don't really see the difference. Only like one's music is significantly better. (laughs) No, because the other day, the other day my mom was like, I'm going to mass. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to the Ignition remix. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying it's an... So the the first punchline obviously like pushes the audience away. And then he brings them back and saying, no, one's music is significantly better. Like, that's, I mean, that's a great joke in that sense. I um, find him so unlikable. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't love his standup uh, so much, but every once in a while he's got some really good takes. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a great parallel. Like, R. Kelly, so you're saying it's okay to like R. Like R. Kelly's music or to, yeah. 
you're you're saying it's okay to hate on R. Kelly, but it's also okay to go to church and like support the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hypocritical. Hot take, Pete. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's I not mean, profound. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's there. And it makes the point topical. So yeah. right, yeah. But what, but what I'm more interested in 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 that joke is the way that he brings them back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, you can say, oh, that's the same thing as supporting the Catholic Church. Everyone's like, oh, you can't say that. But everyone knows. Like, if you, if you get an oh, it's the audience agreeing with you, in a sense. Like, yeah, yeah that's true. So he has them, even though they're like, we don't want to laugh, but mm-hmm. this is the noise my body is making. <laughs> like, love subconsciously a, love a good groan yeah and then and then the next punchline like it would it would have sucked if the next punchline wouldn't have gotten that big of a laugh but mm-hmm. it didn't so I mean if you can push and pull them back that's I love that I love the cat and mouse with an audience mm-hmm. I like to see how much of a hole I can get in my, myself in and then get myself out of it a lot of times I don't but sometimes I do and it works really well it, it requires a lot of apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but not so petty sounding. It's more like leveling, you know? And yeah. So you win their trust, you know? I mean, if you, right. if, if you can push them and pull them back, they're like, Oh, you gotta this be, guy is with us. You gotta be real with mm-hmm. them and like tell them exactly what's happening. That way everybody's on the same page and then everybody trusts you again. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, with your joke about coming out to a priest, have you ever received like any kind of pushback from an audience? I mean, you can't, it's never like the, uh, yeah, it's gotten groans, but only like certain parts, you know, um, like the, the fucking where I like actually name the priest in my church that can go either way. Like sometimes mostly, mostly people laugh at cause it's like, it's so shocking and specific that people are just like, Oh my God. But you know, yeah, it has the potential to go pretty squarely. The fact that it's real. Yeah. yeah. If it's real, then what are they going to be like? No, mm-hmm. that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but the people can also get pissed, yeah. um, which those, has happened. Those people. How do you deal with that? Just fucking plow through it. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Move on to the next thing. And yeah. you probably lose, you know, whoever you lose. I like but. to think that every uh, person that hates me, I have two people that like me. Yeah. So it's like I love that formula. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care. Right. It's not your job to win everybody in the audience over. Then you're pandering. Be polarizing in the sense that you gain more like likability. Yeah. You lose. Well, I, I try to shoot for making everyone laugh. I don't want anyone to like not because that's the point, you know, especially yeah. at like our level is you want everyone to fucking be having a good time, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's like it's I don't know. It's kind of like people are like, oh, like, yeah. Like, just don't be fucking selfish. Like, the fucking audience is there to, they're the point. Yeah. You know? Right. No, we want to show them a good time. But I've I've heard this before, and I really like it. You know, um, you want 99% of the audience to love you and 1% to hate you. Mm-hmm. And That's I, I like kind two of out of that. three, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your... The, 9.9 out of 10. Right. I guess all I mean is, you know, if I'm going to say what I'm going to say, it's not meant to be polarizing, but it can be opinionated to the point where it's just going to be anyways. Right. I but mean, it's how I feel. And at the end of the day, I'm really just trying to elicit laughter. And that, that those people that don't like me, that's on them. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that night that like one, but that only holds if like that 1% you're talking about are fucking assholes. If they're not assholes, I want them to like me. Right. Like, I want them to dislike me for the right reasons. You know? Like right. They, yeah. I'm not getting on stage. I'm like, where's the person that's going to hate me? Yeah. It's like, fuck that guy. No, <laughs> right. I, uh, yeah. I mean, that's your job as a comic, but you also, like, you have to be, you have to say something. If you're not saying something, that can ruffle feathers. What are you doing? Well, I mean, a lot of things I say don't ruffle. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Cause, you know, it just depends on what it is. Yeah. Um, your bit. <laughs> I mean, you uh, you close it with you close your set with this bit a lot. Yeah. And um, I'm sick of it. I've yeah. been sick of it, but it just works so well that yeah. I just got to keep doing it. I get it, though. Why not? I get it, though. Um, I just added this on Dropbox. It's so just sad it. because I got to come up with a better closer. I can and I don't. And I don't know. Or I'm sure something else could close fine. Yeah. yeah. It's also just fun. It is fun. And that, I mean, that's what you do. We'll talk about it when uh, after this, but. Priests are getting in trouble. Just good. It's about time, right? Um, you ever notice this, though? Nuns ain't doing shit. <laughs> they can't have sex. Not even the head nun can have sex. I mean, how much head could a head nun give if a head nun could give head? <laughs> None. Sometimes people yell out none before I do, and I get so angry. But also, like, hey, they're in, they get it. Yeah. They knew I was going to say it. Yeah, they're with you. Um, you can't hold out that pause for too long either. That has nothing to do with priests. It's the premises, but it goes right into just a pun about nuns, a nun pun. A nun pun, yeah. Well, what you do is you, is you get people to think you're going to start talking about the priests, and then you the head the, the nuns aren't getting in trouble. Nuns aren't doing shit. Right. And then it's and then people start thinking, oh yeah, we haven't heard anything about like nuns getting in trouble. Right. And these are the people that were physically abusing kids, mm-hmm. you know, a few decades ago, mm-hmm. and so you you start taking them here, and then you take them here, and it kind of like they're more open to that joke. Like, yeah, it's I don't know. I love that. I. St- cadence too i still remember where like most of my best jokes i remember exactly where i thought of them yeah which is really weird what about that one that one was when i was going door to door in north royalton for a job like door to door sales okay and, like my little italy one was like literally driving through little italy on the way to see my professor do stuff at dobama theater mm-hmm. and then yeah i could just keep going but i'm not gonna it has nothing to do with priests right is there like a sadder little like historical neighborhood than Little Italy? Yeah, you get like they got some nice get broken into. They do have nice restaurants. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. That then, Mayfield Road like strip is is yeah. solid, and they're they're adding a bunch of new um, like apartments. Yeah, there now. good. It's uh, they're gentrifying. It, well, it's weird. I don't know. It's it's one of those like there's yeah nice like condos that probably cost you know three hundred thousand dollars, just like. On top of, they literally like build them over, like just squalor. Yeah, you know? the word uh, gentrify sounds so antebellum, doesn't it? It's just like oh, gentrify. Gentrify. Ah, Montgomery, Alabama, Gen- Montgomery, Montgomery Gentry. <laughs> I gentrified. <laughs> like, Your Honor, I must gentrify. <laughs> you cross the line. Make it silly. If if. You can take any topic that's like uh-huh. serious, and if you add like an air of silliness to it, well, I have, to gentr- I have to gentrify for a minute on that. Gentrify point. away. No, I'm fucking, I'm <laughs> that dead air. Dead air. Cool. That's what this episode is going to be called. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> we 
with Steve Mers. <laughs> One hour of dead air. Dead air sounds like a shitty Steven Seagal action movie. <laughs> <laughs> Zombies on a plane or something. Yeah. <laughs> Casual blood. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. You're, I mean, if you could take any topic and make it silly. Um, a lot of times when I am struggling writing a joke, I will take a step back and I'll be like, what, what's silly about it? Like, what can I make silly? Like, can I do a voice? Can I do a face? Can I do... And then even though I might not always take that voice or that face or that idea to the stage, it'll at least get me thinking a little bit differently about something. Yeah. I mean, so with that joke, like, did you, when you... Um, I know exactly how I wrote it. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, all right, do Pope... The, the premise wasn't, oh, the priests are fucking kids. It was like, are the pre, do, do priests look at porn? Like, do they look at porn? I'm like thinking about it. I'm just toying with words. And that's how you should write jokes. You sit around, you toy with words, and you think about... You, you guys know this. Yeah. But, uh, and then you... Um, I basically was just playing around with words, and I was like, the nuns. And I'm like... Nuns give head, head nun. And like, I was like, oh, head nun. Like, what was the head nun? Like, you know, and all this kind of came together. I'm like, wait, head, the double meaning of head. And then I'm like, oh, that's like woodchuck, chuck. And then, yeah, so that was how it was born. So it played yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Played perfectly. I used to, I wrote a joke years ago about how uh, Dumbledore was insecure because he called himself the headmaster. It's like, if you call yourself a master at something, you're probably not that good at Dumbledore it. Dumbledore was gay. It. Thank you, uh, he was. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, and that came out after J.K. just yeah, that joke. gaying all the things. Yeah. How Everyone's much head gay. could a master he- headmaster master if a master head? <laughs> yeah, it's like how much head could a headmaster master if a headmaster could master head, head. head? Yeah. <laughs> master bait. <laughs> oh my god how much bait could a master yeah anyway how much doorknob could a dumbledore <laughs> slob if a slob hey. could dumbledore hobnob <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about <laughs> it's silly <laughs> it's never yeah. when you're writing a joke never censor yourself and think it's, it's like dumb the, the <laughs> last character I ever wanted like J.K. Rowling to make gay too right like give me one of the Weasleys yeah fucking right fucking bear some twin mm-hmm. action yeah Just yeah like, some fucking twin sets yeah. hell yeah yeah there's some hot twin there's sets. some hot twins that like jerk each other off on Pornhub I gotta tell you yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, it up, look it up. Oh my god, no. No. <laughs> now, now do you have to look it up? Is that what you're No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> so you I, go home. I must resist. My that, plans have changed. It's like jerking off myself. Yeah, I know, right? You're probably like, well, we have identical DNA, so it's de- technically it's still just masturbation. Twins have a special bond that we can't understand. Mm. That's a uh, uh, clone bone. Yeah. Clone bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Be, do you? Too soon. Back to priests. Um, priest. Yeah, I bet yeah. a priest would like a pair of twins. Oh man. Yeah, that dude in Strongsville got busted. I wonder what. Yeah. No, I don't want to wonder what was on his. You guys computer. know about my neighbor from growing up. That really happened. I don't he know got, about this. He got taken away by the feds because he was one of the ringleaders of the big Cuyahoga County ring or whatever. Oh, I'm not from Cleveland, so I don't know about it. He, this was, he got, this was 10 years ago, too. He's already out of jail. And he had two little kids, too. But he wasn't producing it. He was just, he had like terabytes of it, probably. Mm. And so, yeah, the feds came and took him away. And 
Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what joke I had about it. Oh yeah, I used to just do a joke where I was like, yeah, he uh, he got. He got taken away by the feds, and I'm like, it was crazy, but I had to pin it on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the joke. And yeah. That's old, so. It's a good punchline. It's a good joke. It's like a A story. You know, yeah. people think you're just going to talk about this guy, and then. They used to do some story. kumbaya stuff with his wife and their friends in the shed in their backyard. And me and my friends would, like, go in the back and just, like sit there and, like, fuck with them, you know, in the middle of the night and be like, ah, and, like, make noises and shit. One time, this guy, this, his name's Bob Stein, he got out of the shed and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I just remember thinking, in hindsight, I should have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Hello? <laughs> are you the nerve of this fucker? Right. Do you think we should give them dolls? I do remember I had, like, a child sex doll <laughs> bit that, thank God, oh, I stopped thank you doing. Said, thank God you said bit right after that. You were like, I had a child sex doll. <laughs> You let that dead air uh-huh. linger at the last moment there, the wrong moment. I'd, Sorry, go ahead. Ew, do you think we should give them dolls? Just um, to like. I think that reinforces it, but also it's like, if. I don't know. I don't know, understand enough about human psychology and about human behavior and like how that's okay, if that's okay or not. I don't want to make a judgment call on that. No. <laughs> right? I can't. I don't have the answer to that. I mean, you made a point earlier about how it's all based around like repression. Like you can't. Yeah. Uh, and then what's what's an easier target than a kid? I think there's there's duality to this thing <clears throat> where it's like humans are animals. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be like, hey, you can't do this. It's like we're still animals. But also I still think it's wrong. Right. So there's a duality there. And people that aren't very intelligent like to jump on you for making the one point mm-hmm. while you still pre- present the other point, And they cannot reconcile those that duality. Yeah, well, those people are fucking dumb Dodo They're, fucking. They are heads. dumb. They are dumb. Like, and the stupidity is just. It's another... called the naturalistic fallacy. It's like yeah. the idea that anything that's natural is good is just clearly wrong. Right. Right. Like, there's. There's. Yeah. We don't need to. Get we that. have the ability of foresight. Like, oh, if I do this, things aren't probably going to go well for me or that kid. Yeah. For a while. So maybe I shouldn't do that. Like there's enough that aren't doing it. Morality exists, but so does human biology and. You know, and so does cause and effect. Yeah, I mean, I'm all of our biologically wired to want to fuck this child. <laughs> all of our all, all of our actions are based on our genetics and our environment, not some sort of free will that we have. I don't believe in free will. I mean, they, on, a, on a quantum level, they say that that's not even possible. You can't predict anything because on a molecular level, nothing, or you know, even on like a quantum level, mm-hmm. things are not predictable. They're spontaneous. And there's no way of predicting the future, not from us, at least. There might be some rhyme or reason to it, but we can't figure it out. And it's like, you know, it goes into that minority report thing. It's like, can we, should we punish people before they commit crimes? Uh, I don't know. Uh, But it's like, but also, there's still morality. (laughs) So you can't, you should do those things. But also, like, people are just completely, not entirely in control of themselves. That's and people love to jump on you for making a declaration like mm-hmm. that, but they can't reconcile that sort of thinking. I don't know what it's just what it is. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, when you there's got to be a way to stop it. We yeah. should stop it, but also people are just gonna do shit. Yeah, I mean it's know? it's the institution of it. When you grow up learning that you have free will, and like that's the one thing that sets humans apart. When anybody hypothesizes that yeah. isn't true, it's like. 
you're just you're just crashing down on everybody's beliefs. It's limited will. It. It's yeah. limited will. Yeah. You yeah, know, we have enough. Yeah, I mean, we you know, it's not even that it's limited will, it's just it feels like free will. But you can't if I say what's right. if I say to you like what's two plus two and four pops into your head, you don't have any free will over what number pops into your head. You can't will yourself into thinking it's I mean, it is just like a very like basic example of it, but like you don't have free will over the thought that pops into your head when I ask you a question like that yeah. right because you can't justify like five being yeah. the answer you can't but it's you, not even about justifying it's that that is not the thing that pops into your head you know you can you can rationalize it and then say like five i choose five but you have no control over what that thought is you know <laughs> if you're a rational person and yeah. then and then you got people that say it's five and it's like yeah like you're saying like, yeah how do you how do you talk to somebody like that yeah i mean that's yeah they clearly didn't have any will to, to deny the solid truth that it's for. But yet they still said five. There's clearly something aloof there, you know? Like You could think five. Say, what's well, two plus two, and you think five. You still don't have any control over. Right, exactly. Like, it's weird how yeah. that works. What about laughing at a joke in the same vein? Like, <coughs> uh, Laughter is a visceral reaction. <coughs> you you uh, laugh because there's a moral violation. That's one of the reasons you laugh. It, something is not right, and you laugh as a response. That's your brain uh, reacting in a logical way to something where you're like, ha if you didn't laugh at it, well, there's two reasons, there's at least two reasons why you wouldn't laugh. It's because either you don't get the logical, the illogical nature of it, or you just, or there's something that's not actually funny about it. Or like, you know. Or like you see it coming. It's like, a whole can of worms. Or you so many don't like the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. often yeah. happens. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's messy because I, yeah. I don't want to get into it. I don't know everything. It's still an unconscious I laugh at people I don't like all the time. Yeah. I yeah. do. I can appreciate a good joke. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm fun. Right? <laughs> I can appreciate a good joke. I'm fun. You know? Go ahead. Tell your, tell your Catholic. Come on. Tell your Catholic joke. I'm fun. <laughs> Tell your priest joke. I love the way Eric Von Donneken says uh, Catholic. He's like, Catholic. <laughs> I don't know who that the is. Catholic, that? The Catholic, the apocryphic texts. <laughs> the, the guy that uh, started the whole ancient aliens phenomenon. Oh, okay. Got is it. the guy with the hair? <laughs> no, that's uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos. He's great. He is yeah. a nut He's case. always the one that pops up on, that guy's, on the ads on facebook i'm probably gonna get one today because we're talking about this that dude's got fucking <laughs> crystals and essential oils you know it. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. that's how he powers his home somehow god ancient uh, aliens <laughs> so what is what is funny about um about this about the catholic priests and kids like what are some things that you've seen go well there's nothing funny bit? about it it, no, there's, I mean, this is a good point. It just a, a general point about like, Hey, you can't joke about that. Like anything, like people are like, pedophilia is not funny. Rape's not funny. Race isn't funny. It's like, yeah, none of those things are funny. No one said they were either. That's why. Yeah. You make the fucking joke and the joke is funny. Yeah. Exactly. Right, idiot. There's right. what's the mechanics of the joke. No one's la- No, no one goes out there and goes, have <laughs> fucking kids <laughs> and everybody yeah. uproars and yeah, laughter. <laughs> we love, we love the idea of kids getting fucked. And even if they do, you can do that. But it, hey, like that's like you know Otto and George just like saying shocking shit. That is funny too. But it's like ironic. Like I, I prefer the term absurdism because 
I mean, obviously there yeah. are some distinctions, but generally they overlap. And mm-hmm. I think that shock humor is a, is a cop out for people do laugh at absurd things because absurdism is truly funny to me. I think I, I, I want to be able to say kike all the time, not because I'm <laughs> anti-Semitic, but because I think it's absurd. Uh-huh. And people think, oh, uh, it's laughter or he's laughing at Jews. And it's like, no, I think it's funny because I'm literally crossing a line. Yeah. That's that's what if funny. you don't yeah. laugh at it, there's something wrong here. There's something seriously wrong. We need to be able to laugh at this stuff. Yeah. Do people mm-hmm. need to all be on the same page. That's part of the reason nobody's on the same page. People don't know me very well. So if I say kike, they're going to be like, he's anti-Semitic. Instead, they're like, instead, people that know me know that I'm and like. They might look at you and be like, oh, he's a self-hating Jew. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they don't realize I'm like full circle with racism. Like, I've just come full circle with it. It's like I've come to terms with it on a biological level. Mm-hmm. All these different reasonings for why racism isn't good. All The history of it, blah, blah, blah. That's why it's all funny to me now because it's like it's all absurd. And but. You know, you can't share that with people, though, too. You have to, like, if you want to say kike, you got to be on the same page with people that also are on, like, that same level. You can't do that to an audience. No. You can't do that to an audience because they're not on that same page. And if they're not going to laugh, then there's no purpose in doing that and trying to think that they are going to laugh at it. So that's the distinction to me. Yeah, where's the other one you were saying you like to say? There was another one, too. (laughs) Starts with an N. (laughs) Negligence. Yeah. Gross negligence. No. no yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing itself isn't funny. And that's where a lot of young comics, like, will fuck up because, you you know, you get on stage and you're trying to They're be too dry. They're too dry. Right. And they don't, no one knows you. Yeah. You, they don't know where you're coming from. Right. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Things could get scary. Um, <laughs> right. The, the, yeah. The it's institution like, of it is where I, where I find the humor. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you're letting this happen, but you have this book that literally says, do unto others as you would have done to you. So, like... Would you, you know, I, are you living that out? Like, what are you like, Christopher Titus? Yeah, yeah. If there only there was a book, you're like, yeah, that's that's the point. You know, that's why I like that joke. I mean, it didn't make me laugh out loud, but the point is there. That yo, you should probably read your own handbook. Mm-hmm. You should read your employee handbook. You know, mm-hmm. employee handbook. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, I ha- I have a bit that I haven't really like. I did it. I've done it at a few open mics where I compare the Bible to an employee handbook. It's like I would. I don't want to work at a company where the owner does that to his own kid. Like that's yeah. what's HR, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like you could go. No, HR is the priest. You got to go and uh, confess oh, yeah. <laughs> what you did wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's oh, the guy. Man. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's also a betrayal. True, but too true. It's also like a betrayal, the fact that, you know, these people that we're told to trust as kids mm-hmm. are the ones that are the, the monster hiding under the bed, Liter- quite literally in some cases. Know. I never trusted the priest at my school. He was he was always a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was like an asshole and like even even above like, you know, fucking touching kids. He uh, took a vow of poverty and owned a boat. <laughs> so that's where I was like, oh, yeah, yeah you're an asshole. Yeah. So it's very when it happened, you you guys are probably like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I just found out about it like a year ago when that yeah. big old indictment came out, and he was sure enough named in it. So good for him. I think I can say I can Famous. say that I can say that Monsignor Thomas Snyderwine from St. Luke's Parish was named in that indictment. I don't think I can get in trouble for saying that. That's a fact. It's not definitely. You can look it up. Yeah, yeah, do look it up. 
there's like it's fucking staggering like the numbers like that's what's so that's i think why it's so funny is like it truly is like you you're like how many yeah all from the catholic church like it's staggering that's too many zeros why yeah you made that up and it is i it i don't know i mean maybe i don't know what to attribute it to like why it's all not all but why so much is coming from like one institution and nothing's being done well, but just what? like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it because of like, you know, repression, like sexual, but I don't know. I mean, that's a good question to ask. Like, how do you, you know, get in, the, I see, I can't, I can't put myself in the mindset of somebody who would do that. Like I can't, yeah. you know, see that point of view at all. You know, it's a tough one. Well, that's just crazy though. That's just crazy. <laughs> so hungover. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's good. That was kind of a good Ramon. That shit's, uh, I wasn't doing her no, 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 no. You can't laugh at that. So your joke, you know, I mean, you do it in a way where you almost punch down at yourself to, uh-huh. to, to, to disarm the audience. You make it silly. I don't have a joke. Uh, Christopher Titus, kind of, he makes a good point. Where it's like, yo, this is this thing that already does this thing. Why don't we, like, why don't we focus on that thing? I don't know. So he does, that was really well put, David. Crushed yeah. it. Uh, the last one we're going to do is an Anthony Jeselnik bit. Um, it's a perfect example of like an A story and a B story, kind of that sleight of hand that comics do. I love that. I love where I, where I think I'm being taken in one direction and then they hit you with the punchline. Harry line. Styles. I'm always flying somewhere, always stuck in an airport. Even flying here into Montreal a couple days ago. Two and a half hour flight delay. Stuck in an airport bar talking to some random asshole. <laughs> And I got nowhere to go, so we start drinking. I say, hey man, what do you do? And he says, and I quote, oh, nothing right now, but I used to be a priest. As in, oh shit. <laughs> but I got nowhere to go. So we keep talking, we keep drinking. Finally, a couple hours go by. The priest gets up, he says, hey man, I don't wanna lie to you. You seem like a cool guy with a loose attitude. I'm just going to tell you straight out. I used to be a priest. I got kicked out because I molested a kid. And then he leaves. Now, here's the thing. After talking to this guy and getting to know this guy for two hours, I have to admit, he was actually a really cool guy. You know, like, if you could forget about, you know, all that Jesus bullshit. (laughs) Thank you very much, Montreal. I was going to say, I think that's JFL. That's their stage. Yeah. Man, a very Catholic area, too. Yeah. Montreal. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, he hits you so fast with that punchline, you don't see it coming, that, like, you're already laughing before you even think about what he said. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, if you can, because he masters the pauses so well, and then he misleads you. Like, he has that that swagger where he's like, I hate this guy, but I want to know what he's going to say. No. I like Justin. Like an important thing for any like newer comics listening uh, to remember is you can absolutely do what Anthony Jeselnik does. That's uh, it's very easy to be that dark and likable. Yeah, right away, right away, definitely, yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, I see so many fucking open micers that try and be Anthony Jeselnik? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it over the years, and not only that, but they imitate the exact delivery, uh-huh. which is annoying to listen to. Um. I feel like being dark for me has worked. Yeah, same. But uh, it, you know, 
I try to limit it because it can be off-putting to a lot of people. Well, I mean, you have, so it's, I mean, it's all tension and release. And if you build tension and you don't release it, you betray the audience's mm-hmm. trust like, yeah. right away. Yeah, and they're, they're just, just upset. Like, they're yeah. Like, what the hell? Was- we agreed that you would, I, I will let you be dark if you give me a big enough payoff. Right. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just going around with these thoughts in my head now. You haven't given me anything to like distract it? from that. Don't you hate it when a comic's like, they'll do like a whole thing and then they just stop and then go on to the next joke. Like, where's the punchline? Yeah. What happened? Disaster. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Audiences are like savvy too. Like they know what you're doing if you mm-hmm. don't do it well. They kind of have to like, yeah. Hey, you have to like allow people to suspend their disbelief mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. which you have to just like so fucking good at yeah you're just you're you're hanging on every word because mm-hmm. you don't know when the pump line's gonna hit so is tosh daniel tosh is really good at that yeah yeah but that's years and years of, of perfecting it mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure he went up i'm sure jesselnick's first open mic was pretty rough yeah probably <laughs> i'm sure, like he wanted to tell you know the jokes with the gravitas of, mm-hmm. of the ones that he uses today and just sort of fell flat on his face so but yeah this is this is one of those topics that, that's really tough um if you have personal experience like you can joke about that you have to have something to say like you mm-hmm. can't just do it to, to offend essentially yeah you have to if you're not saying something don't do anything to offend yeah no yeah then you're in the wrong yeah. you're you're not doing comedy right yeah. yeah i mean offend you know assholes like i said but like yeah Fucking don't alienate your audience, mm. people. Make them feel better than they would yeah. they were when they got there. Riley, what uh, what got you into comedy in the first place? Uh, I was a huge fan of um, Jim Carrey when I was a kid, and then I wanted to do. I wanted to be Jim Carrey. Uh like literally, I like stole my mom's moose when I was like eleven and tried to do like the Ace Ventura hair shit my hair wasn't long enough and i got like really depressed as a child no uh yeah i don't know just uh always sorry <laughs> right. i've always been a fan of stand-up comedy i don't know it just fucking feels like the right thing to do is like i have i don't know i'm fucking inappropriate like i don't i'm not good to have around normal people in social situations so like an outlet is you know going and fucking telling jokes and being inappropriate on stage and in that context people love it you know don't bring me to a dinner party though yeah (laughs) it's just tell us a joke yeah oh yeah that's horrible yeah um because i'm not generally funny in like social situations so that changed the context and Mm -hmm. here we go You've been doing it how long? Um, well, probably going on four years. But I started when I was like 20 and then quit for like a long time and started up again about four years ago. In Erie? No, in Cleveland. Started when I moved to Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. First open mic. How, how did that go? Do you remember? I don't know. Steve, how'd that go? It was at TikTok. Was oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in a we were in a class at CSU and then I like yeah, he, like you had like, a Cleveland Comedy Fest shirt on. Oh, yeah. Oh, that class was fucking horrible, too. Like, yeah, yeah. I dropped that class. Yeah. So, okay. So, what, what did you... Uh, he doesn't remember. I was fucking hammered. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. I don't remember anybody's first. <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, do you, so did you, like, invite him? Is that how that yeah, works? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should do... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, at first, first open mic actually went really well because I 
yeah, I was like 20. This was in like Savannah, Georgia. And, uh, basically stole a Patton Oswalt bit. Mm. I don't remember if I, I don't think I did. I did like a double down chicken sandwich bit and it was almost identical to like Patton Oswalt's mm. and that got a, like a good laugh for like a first open mic. But I don't remember if I like heard it first and internalized it or just like wrote that independently. I don't know. Real depressed. I can't do that one though. Cause that's a great bit. Have you ever heard his, his uh, double down chicken sandwich bit? No, just about how like just obscene that sandwich is. Oh, Pat Oswalt does it. Like nobody else. Now. He does. It. There's so many Pat Oswalt bits where I'm like, I like the, you know, that song, uh, Christmas shoes, like Sarah, I want to yeah, buy yeah. these. I fucking wanted to write a bit about that, and like, sure enough, Pat Oswalt has just like the perfect bit about how like morbid and fucked up that song is. So his bit uh, from his album after his wife died about his wife dying. Did is, you do that on the death episode? Well, I've uh, no, we didn't. Um, I've I've heard that on. Uh, um, Let's talk about sets mm-hmm. on an episode where they were kind of talking about dark stuff. So I didn't want to rehash that because I didn't want to parrot the things that they were saying. You know, I love that. Um, title. What's that? Love that title. Let's talk about sets. Yeah, I yeah. just think of that song. Was that Salt and Pepper? Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about sex, baby. They do open it with that, but they say sets over sex every time they say sex. It's it's a great podcast. That's another. That's like listen to it. Um, they know much more than us about comedy. For sure. That's true. And they have awesome guests too. They have like Norman and like Joe, Le- well, mm-hmm. not Joe, Le- Joe Zimmerman. There's an episode with him on that. It's That's great. a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, Harrison Greenbaum. So listen to that. Yes. Folks. Yep. This is, turn this, this off right yeah, now. Yeah, turn this off and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're going to end. Uh, <laughs> Laughing. It's a like, coronavirus joke now. All right, fuck it. I, um, this, I feel like I, I'm, I smoke, so I feel like, uh, like a Sikh on 9-11. It's like every time I cough, I'm like, no, I'm not sick. It just, I'm just unhealthy. Uh, I'm not. Got it. Got it? Yeah. My I'm allergies are kicking in, too, so that's not helping. I know. So I'm just sitting sick. here like, either I'm I have sick. it and I'm very mildly sick or uh, I don't. I'm just kidding, by the way. This happens every March as I start getting allergies. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. I feel like so many people are going to uh, just think they have it they show one symptom my nose is runny it's like yeah, yeah you've been well, outside hey, in the a cold. lot of them are gonna have it yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i don't think people realize how fucked we are yet yeah right. it's uh it's definitely just about hospital capacity and making sure there's few people that are immunocompromised don't die well i mean other than that it is all hysteria it's yeah. well yeah and it's well it's hysteria that's like tangibly tanking the economy right now right i mean that's the that's the thing well, i'm most it's worried more about ab- it's immediate suppression of of the spread i mean i think it's fair to say that if we can figure out get some numbers we can start easing the economy back in as quickly as possible uh, well yeah i mean you, you already know what I mean? see like the media is already starting to like do a 180 and realize like oh we fucked up by telling people you know this is like the end of the world like well, i mean saw, who like, said CNN- that all of them. Like they, what? Like, Give me an example. I'm not of, trying to call you out. By of the them way. saying like like this. A lot is of bad. people are just fact reporting about I mean, graphs and stuff, and like showing potential and like. Well, what's a fact? Is Mike Dewine coming out and saying we estimate that a hundred thousand Ohioans have it currently uh, or walking but, around with it? That's not a fact. That's that's extrapolated from like an old you know 
adage that like if two people have it that means 10 people have it oh, it's and good like, to you're right though there's a fine line between like there's like what do they do they they want to either overestimate it and not cause some catastrophe but also you're right it's tanking the mm-hmm. economy and that's probably going to have at least as bad of an effect well, on people indirectly the so. media does its job like it's been doing for the last 70 years and just tell people everything's okay when it's not and then they'll like go buy shit like that's yeah. what they need to be that's what they've been doing yeah. That's, their, that's what they're supposed to do. They work for the fucking CIA. Well, Tell we people it's okay. We don't have any testing going on, so we're kind of fucked in that capacity. We don't know how many people have it. Right. And it spreads 2.8 people per infected person. That's that's exponential. or that You know what I mean? Like That's more than exponential. Yeah, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. It's beyond two. Yeah. So it's like you're not, you're not squaring everything. That's the scary thing about it is like – some people don't really show symptoms, but they have it, and they can spread it to somebody who will get just slaughtered by mm-hmm. it. You know, that's that's the scary part. But we just said the economy is like my biggest long term concern. But yeah, you definitely need to let the CDC take care of it. And all that. Just like I'll Gmail it to myself. Actually, um, my thing, my thing though is like I mean, there's people making those, those points about the flu um, and how you know that kills so many people, <clears throat> or like car accidents and shit and that's whatever i get it i get where you're coming from when you when you say that stuff um but when this goes away we're not going to do anything to cut <coughs> those things like to we're, what? Just, we're just going to go back to life as usual even though like so, yeah i mean things? there's a real possibility that this is just another thing that kills you know however many people a year which yeah. is that's that many more people every year it's going to come back so it's not insignificant but it's also it's like, going to it's going to come back yeah and we're oh, going to have a vaccine for and for it and then it's just going to be like everything else we get a vaccine for mm-hmm. and then we're going to move on with our lives okay i did do the uh, do that like ix indoor amusement park thing i thought that was funny before i made it because they closed the ix indoor amusement park they canceled it i don't yeah. even know what that is the <laughs> ix indoor amusement park is that i don't I at don't... the ix center they like bring in rides every year and there's this catchy like oh. jingle and they canceled it this year. So I did an updated version of the jingle for the coronavirus and like put it over top of footage from like of people like walking around with surgical masks on. Uh-huh. Which you should wear anyway at the IX Center. Uh regardless of, yeah, of they, what's going on. They shut down the casino last night at midnight. Did they? Yeah. That's I mean who man. That's something. You didn't think that was going to happen. I'm hoping they don't shut down like restaurants and like, public gatherings. That would be. Uh, yeah. Well, public gatherings they already have. I mean, that's of, of more than of more than a hundred. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, not a problem, right? Uh, yeah. People aren't going out. Can we all just like, we can go around the table and say like one thing that has to be edited out? Yeah. Just to fuck with Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we don't have to unless you want can. to. Yeah, what do we, what do we uh, think? He's, he, he spent so much time up here. Jeremy, I'm with you. <laughs> he didn't He didn't respond. <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to. He knows it's being recorded. Mm, I, right. I, hope, I hope millions of uh, the older generation get coronavirus and die so they don't vote in this upcoming primary. Go. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that take. That everyone's like, oh, it's, well, it's going to kill the boot. Yeah, your dad. It's going to kill your yeah. fucking dad and your mom and your grandparents, you fucking idiot. You fucking cruel piece hey, of that, shit. You're like, assuming that my grandma doesn't deserve to die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
There are some, but I feel like the, in these in these cases, it always takes the wrong people. Yeah, Herder, it's gonna it's only gonna get old people. Yeah. No, immunocompromised people are of all ages. Yeah, right. not just obesity. Yeah, we're gonna run into like obesity people um, who are just not active, like right. cardio wise. Yeah, are gonna be susceptible to it. Like people with terrible diets are gonna be susceptible to it, especially if you eat like bats. Is that where it came from? Oh yeah. Well, no, it did not come from like eating. It came from eating pangolins, which uh, is an endangered species. So yeah, yeah, it's actually a, a kind of a positive. Is you're you're probably you're already seeing China like maybe putting a little bit of effort into like stopping these fucking like wet markets where people are just eating bush meat. You cross the line. Anything else you you want to add? Anything? Uh, uh, any tips? Any tips? <laughs> No, on uh, on if somebody's sitting at home right now, just trying to think of a Catholic priest joke. Uh, just quit comedy. We're all gonna <laughs> die. Uh, just fuck. You know, check. Come to the Winchester every Wednesday at nine. Uh, until they stop. Until they inevitably close because they can't fucking stay open during this panic. Um, yeah, just don't do comedy. No one should know. Yeah, no. Uh, there's too many comics. Don't do it. Yeah, it's saturated. Oversaturated. It Nobody should be doing this. Have uh, something. Like, can I add an addendum? Don't do it unless you have something to say. Like, unless you have something to contribute. Oh, even then. Just yeah. fucking tweet it. <laughs> See how many likes it gets and then try it on stage. Uh-huh. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing comedy. Yeah, none of us should. <laughs> <laughs> there are much more useful things in the world uh-huh. that we could be doing. But... You know, lo and behold, it's that, that, you know, unless you're, make people just, laugh. unless you're like, unless you have no other, eye, like if you're really, really stupid and you can't do anything, then do comedy, <laughs> you know, be a clown. We're going to uh, quote you on that. All right. Be a clown. Yeah. Learn, learn balloons. All I can't right. do anything else. Cause I'm a, a mess. I mean, well, yeah, it's, I have, I have a job, but I'm a mess. Like this is the only real viable option. That's why I do comedy. Mm. What about you? Viability. I've never started it because of viability, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Well, you know, you start and you're like, should I be doing this? And then if you have a learning curve, then it's like, it's only gotten more fun for me over the years. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's going to keep going in that direction, yeah. then I'll keep doing it. It's literally the only thing that makes me happy is like getting stage time. It's like a fucking drug. Yeah, yeah it is. If you like it, if it makes you happy and if it doesn't, that's why you should stop. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you happy. I love the uh the biggest like the biggest hit of dopamine that I get is when I'm able to take a bit that hasn't been working and then figure mm-hmm. it out and get that laugh. And it's like ah oh, it's so worth it. If anything, if you're like one of those freaks that like exercise makes you feel good, don't do comedy. Like yeah. or if you right. enjoy being around your children, like <laughs> yeah, don't, exactly. if anything else brings you joy don't do fucking if you comedy. want a happy marriage this yeah. is not my end game i don't want to go around and tour like, i that's do stupid that's fine for me that's not going to work because i don't like that lifestyle i don't want to do that lifestyle this is just something you know like i already have like a starting a career in film and i want to like merge those two at some point mm, yeah get to know people this has been i've gotten more jobs through comedy through other outside of comedy like You know, like every job I've ever had has been through someone I knew through comedy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, boom, you know, I'm getting a lot out of this. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of it is you can love comedy, but you don't have to do stand up. You know, I mean, you can 
you know, be involved on the production side of it. You can run shows, you can, you know, edit podcasts, you can, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make flyers. There's a million different ways to contribute, you know, even if like getting on stage and getting on Netflix isn't the the end goal. I'm trying to write and film comedy, not do stand up. Yeah. Stand up is just a necessary evil. Yeah. Well, it helps you become a better writer. Yeah. Dan O'Shannon even said, he told a whole seminar at CSU. He was like, you know, you have to, uh, he, he's like, you know, if, guys, if you really want to be a comedy writer, you got to do stand up. And the whole room groaned and I was the only one smiling. Yeah. Because I already had racked up like six years at that point. And I was like, I've already been doing this. Yeah. You learn what's funny. You yeah. discover your voice. Like you yeah. need that voice, even if you're going to write sketches and screenplays and sitcoms, like you yeah. need to have a voice. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's super helpful when you tackle topics like this too, if you have a voice, if you know, like what you want to say, but that only comes with experience and getting up and failing a lot. Yeah. So, all right. You know what? Here's an axiom. Fucking don't write a joke having something to say. Just write the fucking joke and hope, make it funny and hope it lines up with what you actually believe. Yeah. And even if it doesn't, if it gets a laugh, fucking say it. There you go. All right. Got to be funny. Make them laugh. Got to be funny. Yep. That's how you laugh at that. <laughs> it's got to make you laugh first. Mm-hmm. Be and, fucking and funny. It's a very yeah. simple concept. Are they laughing? Well, you're doing a good job. Pat on the back. Yeah. If they're not, do it better. Hit the drawing board. Yep. Straight up. Straight up. All right. Uh, this episode is brought to you by, as always, Golden Ox Studio in Tremont, Ohio. Thank you to Jeremy. Thank you to Steve. Thank you to Anthony Jeselnik. Thank you to Pete Davidson, SNL, uh, Barry Crimmins, everybody that we've talked about. Check out Barry Crimmins. Yeah. I will. I think he's a cool dude. Yeah, I'm going to listen to his album. So, all right, guys. See you next time. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at YouCan'tLaughPod or like us on Facebook at YouCan'tLaughAtThat and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.